All right, I think we're live. <clears throat> hey, everybody, welcome to Divi Chat episode 14. We've got our wonderful esteemed panel this week. Divi Chat is a weekly podcast uh, held by several Divi experts, and we have a panel and discuss different WordPress slash Divi topics each week. This week's topic is how to determine pricing for custom builds. Very excited to hear about how all of these experts price their projects and stuff, and hopefully you'll have some good takeaways. But before we get into that, why don't we start by introducing ourselves, and we're going to go from left to right on my screen and start with David. Uh, my name is David Elster. I'm a WordPress and Divi developer, and you'll find me uh, you know, helping around the help and share and other Facebook groups. Awesome. Thanks, David. Hey, Shannon. You can unmute now. Oh. And talk to you. <laughs> hey, I'm Shannon Schaefer, and I'm having a really bad day. You can cheer me up by finding me on Facebook at Purple Finch Studios. Awesome. Well, we're glad you're here, and we're hoping to brighten your day. Hey, Gino. Hey, hey, David. It's uh, Gino here coming at you from Monterey, California. And you can connect with me on Twitter and Facebook at G-E-N-O-Q. Fantastic. Hi, Leslie. Hi. Uh, I am Leslie Brunel of A Girl in Her Mac, and you can find me at uh, agirlinhermac.design. Fantastic. Hi, Olga. Oh, hi, guys. Um, I'm Olga Summerhays. I'm a web designer at Infinite Imagination Web Design. You can find me on my on my website, Infinite Imagination, and I'm based in Australia. Fantastic. Glad to have you. Hi, Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios. You can see me on Facebook or Twitter at Endure Web or my website, endure.com.au. Fantastic. And now we will start. Somebody's saying hi. <laughs> and now we're going to start with Tammy Squared. Hi, Tammy. First, first Tammy, Tammy Grant. <laughs> Sorry, I guess I should have said that. Hello, everyone. I'm Tammy Grant of Sunflower Creatives. You can find me on Facebook at Sunflower Creatives. Fantastic. And Tammy? I'm Tammy Heaton at Undeniable. I'm in New York City this week, and uh, you can find me at undeniable.co. All right. Fantastic. NYC in the house. In New York City. And my name is David Blackman. I am with Aspen Grove Studios, and you can definitely find me at aspengrovestudios.com on Facebook, Twitter, and all the things. Let's uh, dive straight into our topic this week, which is going to be how to determine pricing for custom builds. Obviously, that's different for everybody, depending on what your business model is, whether you're going after small businesses, medium level, medium-sized businesses, or if you tackle enterprise-type projects. So um, where do we want to start, gang? Does anybody have uh, something they want to start with? Where's my cricket sound? <laughs> you know, I saw you unmute your mic, so I'm throwing it on you, brother. Okay, well, I don't always want to just jump in there, but you know me, I always got something to say. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'd like to start off by saying that for the first couple of years, it was really challenging. And um, I, you know, there was a, it was, there was a lot of projects I took on that I'd bid out at a fixed price, and um, but ended up spending a lot more time. Uh, somewhere along the way, this would have been um, 
like last year, towards the beginning of last year, I made the decision to go from fixed price quotes to um, hourly rates and estimates. And that was a game changer for me because, um, you know, we set it up so that I can give my clients, you know, broken down detailed estimates for like all the different sections of the build and allow the client room to add more or take more knowing that it would add more hours or take less hours and just uh, has worked out wonderfully for me so basically what we do these days is because we built so many websites i have a really good idea how long it's going to take me to say for example build that home page you know so I, I have this form i've created and uh you know we we ask all the questions have the conversations go over the details and based on the customer's need i'll let them know for the home page layout and design let's just say that typically takes about 18 hours uh, and then for each sub page typically an hour for each product in woocommerce that's about an hour so we have all these kind of uh pre-filled out forms um depending on the number of pages products and features so it's kind of like a calculator that we've built and uh, so it makes it very easy to take everything they want, send it to them, and then adjust accordingly. Like, okay, your budget's much smaller. Well, if we pull this out, save this for another phase, take out SEO, take out, you know, you provide your own content. Now, how about how does this look? And so it's allowed us to turn around estimates a lot faster than it used to take me when I was trying to figure it out on my own, looking at sites and wondering how long it would take me to do things. So I would just say it does take time. You gotta get comfortable with how long it takes you to build these certain parts of a website project. But having a custom form, a template that you can just copy and paste into a new template for the new client and punch in some numbers and automatically tally up. I use Excel and I'll automatically tally up what the totals are gonna be. And if I want to throw a discount, I could punch in 25 in one cell, and it provides a 25% discount and, and so forth. So it kind of automates the whole process. And I just copy and paste that into a document and send it off to the client. So that's kind of the process we've gotten to at this point. But I would say that the biggest thing for me is moving from fixed price quotes to estimates and, and making sure the client's well aware that it's only an estimate and that we could go over. Uh, and I guess the key to that, too, is being able to make sure they're comfortable that they're going to know well in advance if you think it's going to go over. You know what I mean? And never surprising the client by going over when you're already at the end of the project. Hey, here's an extra 20 hours I put into it. You know, never do anything like that. That's the only way it's going to work. But that's my take. That's kind of how I do it in a nutshell. <laughs> I want to jump in and point out uh, <clears throat> something really important you said was that um, – you said, you know, if, if their budgets might, might be a little bit smaller, then you start taking pieces out and you say, okay, well, this is like SEO is this much and us doing your content is this much. Uh, one of the big things uh, when you get pushed back on the price point is to never try to like just outright discount. Well, be like, oh, well, I guess I could do it at 80% of my quote. It's always to go, okay, so what features are less important for you or, yeah. you know, what might be, what, what, things have, that we have in the scope might we be able to negotiate on instead of just just the price totally totally absolutely and well, I'll, I'll just jump in because Gino pretty much said what I was gonna say would have the same thing that happened with me I started out with fixed pricing um, uh, for about two to three years that's that's how I worked scope creep was a huge problem um, and when I switched to uh, hourly, 
it, it was just so much easier, so much better. Um, basically, what I do now is I start with like a 15-hour, 20-hour base um, at my rate and give them that, that, that uh, you know, estimate price. And then we go on top of that generally in five-hour chunks. Um, so at the very least, you know, they, they know what they're going to pay for the basics. And then, you know, should they want um, uh, more forms or questionnaires or, you know, a, a, a two or three more pages or something, it's a lot easier to start going piecemeal after that first base price. And it's easier for them to kind of pay like that because it feels chunk, you know, like little chunks instead is more palatable. Um, and also, I found that a lot of people will, will say, like, well, I just don't have that money. Um, I offer payment plans. I always have. So to me, if they say no, even after offering payment plans, it's not really a money issue. It's that, that or not that they don't have it. Maybe they just, you know, there's some nickel and dimers out there. Um, so to, for me, <clears throat> if you can't work out, you know, pay me every couple months some money, then um, it's a little bit more about, okay, maybe you're just not respecting the time that I'm putting into your website. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I have ways for it to make it easier for them. So, uh, but, but yeah, basically the going to an hourly after like a base price is, is my model right now. And it's worked really well. Yeah. I think I most clients don't realize exactly how much work goes into building a website. They get on a Wix or Weebly or one of these other platforms where they can build a website themselves and they don't realize what exactly goes into a website. What, what are the most important factors of that website? You know, what is your business trying to achieve? How are we going to achieve these goals? Is this, is this going to convert? And what you have to do to make this convert? So I, I think most of them, you know, for me and for us, what's important when I speak with potential clients and stuff is about figuring out what their needs are and explaining to them really well what ex how exactly we're going to achieve this. Um, and, and Gino's right. We kind of built enough websites where we know how long it's going to take us to do something. I remember a couple of years ago, whenever Gino and I first met, you know, we would talk about this stuff about charging and pricing and, you know, how do you do it? Oh, this is how I do it. And I remember this spreadsheets that Gino would send me and I was like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not on the spreadsheet stuff. But you know what? That works for him and it works good. You know, and it's different for everybody and it's different for individuals. I'm a little bit different. We break the project up by pieces, depending on what it is the client's needs are. We'll come back, we'll bid it out, we'll figure out how many hours it takes us, we'll put, we'll, we'll give a quote, and then we have a certain amount of cushion that we leave ourselves in there for going over and above. Um, I don't really struggle with scope creep a lot because we're very, very detailed about what it is that we're doing for the client. And I, I find that that helps. I think if you give them as much detail as you can, then you're not really going to have a lot of those issues. And, and yeah, you still have it, but it's easier to deal with and yeah. stuff. You pull something out and say, uh, here you go. That's not really in the contract and stuff. So <laughs> I remember when I first started out, contract. Why do I need that? <laughs> I trust you. You trust me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm kind of riding the line. Like I've, I've, I do the same kind of thing. I do a base package, but then I do after the base, I do a charge per page, and it's fairly high actually because I wanted to be able to work with both small businesses 
and people that had a lot of money and I didn't want to change the pricing depending like on my mood yeah. because that didn't feel right to me. So the way that I did is I have a base package that's really affordable and then I have a really high per page charge on top of that. So if somebody wants like a 30 page website and they can pay for a 30 page website, they're going to pay kind of a lot for a 30 page website because I, I add it on that way. But I don't like to be ultra detailed because um, there's a lot of things I include in my SEO. I, I am really detailed in my contract, but there's a lot of things I include that aren't negotiable for me. Like I put a huge amount of time into creative directing photo shoots and it's not negotiable. Like if somebody were like, I don't want anybody to go in and be like, no, you know, we don't need this and we don't need that. You can pull those out. You can not do this. Like, no, not negotiable. So there's certain things wrapped into my packages that we don't discuss. It's just included. It's not negotiable. We don't talk about it. And yeah, that's, I like that. I'm yeah, like Tiffany. There's a few items on my on uh, our packages that we feel that are important for all websites. So what we do is uh, we scale back on uh, maybe the amount of customized pages that we lay out for them. Can anyone hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 we, yeah we hear you. Yeah, there's a little bit of a crackle, but okay. But yes, uh, we use 17 hats, and I have about. 12 different package uh, combinations that I use that um, that I find typical for my client types and I'm able to pull those up rather easily and uh, they're usually pretty detailed so I don't really have the scope creep problems that I used to have years ago. And, and it sounds like you don't have to create something custom every time yeah. you right. have that many. That's nice. Yeah. That's really nice because as soon as you start to type in your, your keywords, your package comes up. And every once in a while, I have to kind of tweak the package, but then I can save that package again. So really like that. Nice. We do, we do something similar to that. We're Because of how our model works, we are more off of a – what elements you're going to have on your website? Um, so, I have a, I have all my elements in. There's a base price, and then it's elements because we are not super custom. Even though every one of our websites is different, um, because of how we are catering to a smaller price point, and we need to have uniformity. So, um, you know, if you're getting a slider with the with five image, you know, whatever, we have all those elements um, based on the amount of time. Um, Unlike you guys creating them when you're doing the new site, we have already created them. I already know how much time it took and how many sites we need to spread that out to uh, to earn a profit. So um, we're all element based rather than you know pages or so. It's a totally different model and a totally different market. Um, so even though they're custom sites for everybody, the elements that we use are going to be. And, and I'm gathering that most people use. Um, Depending on your creative person, you have things that you like that you use over and over again. We've just kind of taken those and, and given them a price point for each and every um, build. Yeah. That makes that's, sense. That's sweet. Debbie makes, makes it a lot easier to do something like that, too. So I could totally see being able to have all those elements already pre-built. It's awesome. Yeah, as you can tell, there's several different ways people, people use uh, – you know, pricing platforms and stuff. Hey, Sarah. Hi. Um, I was just going to say, I've like, I mean, I'm probably similar to a lot of you guys. I've often done small businesses and they often work out about the same price. So I've got like a basic standard price for a basic 
But I've just started getting inquiries about bigger sites, like membership sites or real estate sites or like big things with big integration that I kind of have no idea how long it's going to take me because I haven't done them before. And it seems like the last few bigger sites have all had elements I've never used before. So I don't have anything to refer back to and say this is how much it's going to take. And I get a little bit nervous. So what I've started doing is overestimating like a, a big price. Um, so for one of the sites that I'm doing recently, I've, I've um, quoted 15,000, for example. So it's a really big site. It's got really big integration. Quoted more than I think it needs. I think it probably needs maybe 10,000, but I've well and truly overquoted. And what I've said to them in that is, so my clients pay in three. So they pay 30% up front, 30% after they've approved the design before I start building, and then the final 40% before it goes live um, or before I hand it over if they're hosting it themselves. And so what I've said for those particular clients is, look, to be honest, I don't actually know. So I'm still going hourly. I'm saying I don't really know. This is my hourly price. I think it may take however many hours. But if it turns out that it takes less, then I'm going to reduce that final payment. And so the idea with that is I know I'm covered because I've well and truly overquoted. But then also it means at the end I can say, well, actually it came in at 13000 so you actually only have to pay 13000 And I'm sure I could be a douchebag and still say, you know, well, that's still fifteen. But I think there's something nice about being able to give them a nice surprise at the end and say, oh, yeah. you know what, <laughs> yeah, it's it in. Yeah. Um, and, like, even if I can only reduce it by, like, a 1000 then that's a really big deal for like a yeah. medium-sized business. Um, so I'm trying it out. I've tried it out with the last couple of sites and it's managed to work out. And then sometimes, like there was one that I quoted, I think uh, 5,000, it ended up being 8,000. But the good thing, I thought I was over-quoting, but it ended up being a much bigger job. But like Gino said, I, along the way, said, look, what you're asking is much more than I thought I was initially quoting yeah. for. We're going to have to renegotiate. And we just kept... Once we hit the 5,000, we then went by hour. And he was still really happy, even though I had on that occasion underquoted. But I learned from that one that I just need to add like a good third on top of what I think it's going to take if it's some new feature that I've never worked with before because it's the kind of integration that just takes longer than I always yeah. think it is going to take. So that's a new thing I'm trying with bigger. It's, it's different for small businesses because I know how long they're going to take, but for bigger stuff, um, I'm giving it a go. And so far it's going okay. That's awesome. really smart. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Olga. 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 <laughs> okay. So, I pretty much work the same as, uh, very similar to you. I don't have too many packages like Tamil, like I don't have 12. I work with um, two packages. Uh, one is just for a small basic uh, business website because when I started, most of my work was just for small businesses. So I really know what small businesses need. And I'm talking about brick and mortar business. The ones that don't need online shopping or anything, they just basically need to list their services. It's kind of like, um, uh, yeah, just their brochure website that needs to have pages about me, how to contact them, and like really to show what they do. And those websites are fairly similar. And sometimes when clients come to me, and especially the ones who never had a website, they wouldn't even know what they need. They don't know what's uh, SEO, what's Google Analytics, uh, all that kind of stuff. So when I give them a package, I explain what's included, and that is just a basic one. So when they get a website, it's already full-on, you know, website that can be found on Google and everything. 
Um, I don't do a, a basic like a package for WooCommerce site because the online shopping sites they can go from having a very simple flat rate shipping kind of just a small setup and they can grow up with all the wish lists and yeah. uh, if they want customized delivery to all different um, especially if they want international delivery that's a whole next uh, step up and takes more work. So those packages, I do them quote basically, I, I the same like um, Sarah said, I calculate approximately how much time I think it will take me, and then I just time that by my hourly rate and tell them and see if they're happy. Uh, there is occasions when I quote, if it's not a basic package of site, if client wants something a bit more, and I have um, a list of all different extras, and you know, like if they want, say, um, email marketing integration to connect to the AWeb, MailChimp or whatever, or they want some booking system or um, basically all those things that go extra and I just tell them how much they will cost uh, plus the basic website package. But if it's the website that kind of doesn't fit into a basic package, then the same. I just do uh, calculate by hourly rate. And sometimes if I uh, calculate it by hourly rate, like say, this is how much I think that 20 page website will take me to do. And this is the price. But then I look at the price and it looks really high. Because when you calculate how much every page you do plus all the SEO for every page, sometimes the price can, like you look at it, it's like, oh, eight grand or well, <laughs> five, for example. Yeah. And, and then I go back and I kind of reflect and I think, well, for this kind of uh, website, five grand is actually a bit too much. And, you know, when you think about it, some pages, like once you do the home page, the other page is not gonna really take the clone or something else. Basically, depends depending on a website. If I look at it, I think, well, if I would be a client and someone would tell me that this site costs five grand, that I would go like, ah, oh, it's a bit too much. So I will reduce price, but not, you know, um, just because I know that, like, not to hurt myself. <laughs> But yeah, I will adjust the price, not just basically on hourly rate, but um, yeah, just kind of push it more in uh, to make it more um, down to earth, kind of more real, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, Olga brings up some pretty good points. You know, yeah. at the beginning, I, I talked about, um, you know, it depends on what your business model is. It also depends on what types of clients come to you, because we not only do project bids, you know, we do do hourly work, you know, based on, you know, smaller type kind of deals like Olga's talking about. Somebody comes to us, they want to integrate some features into WooCommerce, they want some specific um, elements added to their existing website. Well, they don't need build. So what we do in that case is we have a five hour minimum that we require the client pay up front, you know, on our hourly projects, smaller projects. It's a way of them showing a good faith towards us that they're serious about doing work. And then it's also um, a way for us to, um, you know, give them what they need and meet their needs. Now, if they do not, you know, the way that we do it is if they do not have five hours worth of work, for example, we will give them five hours worth of work. So if we run into a project and it ends up being four hours and 30 minutes or four hours, what we will do is we will give them um, a full five hours worth of work. And it may be an SEO audit, it may be something else. And that's just how we handle it. 
we have a five hour minimum on our hourly and if we don't hit the five hours we go ahead and give them work beyond that so which we keep track of time as well has anybody complained about that been like not, i don't want an seo on it never never <laughs> not, one, not one person and and that's okay i'm okay with them walking away it's just the way that you know our time's valuable we're very busy and you know we can't take a, you know as many one two hour projects in the deal so if we if they want to book us and they want to use our company to build their project and it's an hourly project that's just the requirement that we have and truthfully we don't have many of them but I've never had anyone say okay I'm gonna find somebody else the few people that actually um, requested that you know I'm gonna give you an example we had a client that came to us you know and needed some you know an, a menu integration they wanted to integrate uber menu into their website and that was it you know and I sent the client an email back and I said, look, here's what I recommend. Here's a, a $19 solution for your website. It's called Uber Menu. It's got some great video tutorials. It'll meet all of the needs that you have. It costs $19. I recommend you go ahead and use this and you can do it yourself. And they said, no, we want you to do it. And I said, well, our company has a five hour minimum. You know, um, it's kind of overkill to set up something <laughs> like an Uber Menu. This project turned into a $12,000 project on an hourly basis because they had so much more that they wanted to do. And you just never, my point is, is that you never know what a client's motives are and really what their needs are. And what, it, what ended up happening was this client knew they needed more. And this was a test, I guess, of <laughs> skill sets. And they wanted to see where we were at and if we could work good together and stuff. And we ended up, you know, assisting on, and, it, and it's a pretty big company, worldwide company and stuff. So, you know, that's just kind of one example of how we handle it and, you know, whether or not people will go for it and stuff. Okay, you've well, almost convinced me to take on small work. I don't do small <laughs> projects, but I'm, okay, maybe that would be worthwhile. Well, we don't get many of them, like I said, but that, in that case, that was, that was definitely a different and strange, not the norm, you know, so, um, you know, it's kind of probably one a more extreme example. I think it's a good point, though, that sometimes jobs can grow. And so what they think they're asking for is really small, what you think they're asking for is really small. But once they start working with you and they really like you, that then they're open to paying more money for more features or more integration or more changes. Yeah. Not because they felt tricked into it or not because they weren't keen in the first place. They just didn't know that they wanted it and then they get to trust you. And sometimes it's about building the relationship and, you know, starting with just the small stuff that can grow into, you know, double the job you thought you were going to get yeah. out of it. One of our largest clients this month, it started off as just that. You know, we have a task list where they built their site in Divi. They got a whole team. I don't even know how big the largest companies, but they had, there's some things they couldn't do with the blog. So they gave us a task list. So we got, a, we got a good 20 hours that month. Next month, nothing. Next month, nothing. Then they start calling us again with this task list. Now we get emails from their, their client management department. They have several departments that are using the website. And uh, so... Now we're getting like task lists every week from this client and they're huge. I just got an email today saying, hey, we manage the forum side of the website and we're going to start using BB Press and we're going to have a whole community. And 
we want you to know if you want to help us with this side of the project as well. And it's like, whoa, we're you know <laughs> taking on a lot more than I ever. I didn't even know this company was that big. And so I, I, I dig that. You know, I can relate. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You know, absolutely. Uh, another thing well, that I do, which oh, sorry, you want to go? I was going to slightly yeah, divert. First, first. Um, <laughs> so what I was just going to say was like, aside from the actual build, then there's pricing clients who then come back and say they want to add stuff to their website, which I was thinking about Gino saying. Um, so I have, we talked about maintenance plans another time, but I've always done a thing where I've got a certainly hourly rate, but if you're a maintenance client, you get a reduced price per hour. And at the end of the year, I did an assessment of all my time that I've been spending and how much stuff's been costing me. And I realized maintenance clients are just killing me. Like they're just completely killing me. I'm getting not enough for that amount of time. And a lot of the stuff they're asking me for is really complex. Like it's in WooCommerce, like um, really custom stuff. And so coming into this new year, I've decided that I'm gonna change my whole model and have three rates. So I'm going to have a rate for just basic stuff, like, you know, really easy. I can do it without thinking, like adding pages, working off the template, like adding a gravity form. They're not very hard. That's fine. I'm happy to have that at the reduced rate, but then have a much higher rate for if you want anything custom for like a membership or for a woo or for something that's out of the box, it's going to take me more time to think about it. I don't have to do it for millions of clients. I'm not really you know, it's a bit out of the box and then have a third rate if I need to get custom coding done by someone else so that it covers enough that I can afford to pay people like Elsa or other people to be able to do stuff for me that then I'm still making some money because I'm still having to manage that and I'm still having to make sure that they're good coders and they do a good job and it's secure. And I can't do that when I'm only charging like the same price or less than what I'm having to pay someone else to do the coding. So um, I don't know if you guys have like different rates for different type of work. I know um, Shannon, you were saying like you've got for particular elements, um, yeah. <clears throat> but I don't really have like for the elements, I just have the per hour. And so I need to like have a variable hourly rate depending on what they're asking we, for. We do, the, we do the same thing because we have um, discounted. <clears throat> we only discount the rate for not like if they want any major updates or changes but like if they want like text updates you know a form change cool. we we have that greatly reduced and what it's done is it has got them to to send in those changes before they become some kind of so that's that, that's an incentive because i can have you know my project manager do that whereas you know if it's something major it goes to um you know it would go to the developer instead of the project manager so we have a really reduced rate for our our highest maintenance plan. So basically we have the maintenance plan at three different rates and I always push. So my business model really is to make money after this website goes live. That's, that's solely my business. So, you know, I cringe when you say the maintenance plans are killing you because that yeah. they're not killing us. We're killing it with the maintenance yeah. plan. So, you know, so we, um, <laughs> that's really what our goal is basically is, you know, recurring passive income is to kind of make that as passive as possible. So, um, we very much specify the items that are included in maintenance plans for the reduced rate. And for them, it seems like a perk, but really it's all stuff that I can have somebody who's, you know, at a lower level take care of, but none of the, the higher end items are included. But they still feel mentally, like I had somebody today who needs a bunch of changes, and I'm like, dude, it, it's 
seriously going to be, you know, $200 for us to make some text edits for you. Or you can get on a maintenance plan at $149 and up, and you will have, you know, and so they, and they give you your credit card, and then they, they never, you know, you don't see them again for six months. So that's how my clients are. Um, different clientele, but if you can give them that, throw that bone that they're going to get that reduced rates for the simple the stuff that only takes you a little time and you know you don't have to to hire out but that's a mental thing for them that is definitely a sales technique for they feel like they're getting something additional because I try to do it that if they spend one hour of time with me then it's worth it for them to get the maintenance plan and then in the long run they they don't so um, for us it uh, it works out so definitely look at having those tiered rates or offering that discount just for certain items so yeah. I I also offer um, tiered plans. So like uh, at a very discounted rate, uh, covering like literally maintenance. So uh, updates to core themes, plugins, and, and you know security checks and stuff like that, doing backups, the basic things that make you have less work down the line if they screw something up, right? And then um, a uh, like a middle tier plan where it covers, and I, and I state clearly, like, anything that takes me 30 minutes or less is covered. And then, um, I can take up to 48 hours to to do each one of those. So if somebody's really hammering in the 30 minute requests, I, I'll stretch it out to every two days, and so it'll be like 15 in a month, and, and it still comes out all right for me. And then, um, then a higher tier where uh, I offer a minimum, like I'll do X amount of hours minimum work, and if they don't come up with something, I come up with something, kind of like uh, what Blackmon was saying. Where I'll, where I'll like, I'll fill in those those extra hours. I will go do a performance audit or a security audit, or I'll go like, you know, uh, compress their images or, or, or find something to do. Um, yeah, but maintenance plans are uh, should should not be hurting you. They they're yeah. <laughs> yeah that's well, like the biggest it. part of my like, all day. I think for a lot of us, when we start in the business, we start with small businesses. We start with the ones who are just like really basic they've just got a five page brochure site and and so if we're starting out at that and that's our client base that's fine to be doing that at a reduced rate it's easy work it's not hard what they're asking the problem is when you step outside of really basic sites and you step up all of a sudden into woocommerce or into membership or whatever and you've just taken that mild step in your building all of a sudden that changes your maintenance and if you're not careful you can be like me and spend six months on doing all this crazy hardcore maintenance stuff and earning basically nothing for it. And I think I learned that lesson the hard way. I want to like put you out there. If you're just yeah. about to step up, like just be careful that that work is harder maintenance than just your basic mom and pop, like small business Absolutely. brochure site. So yeah. it was a hard lesson for me this last year. Yeah, I yeah. separated out. And I think um, you even have to put time limitations on it too because yeah. that could be regardless of the size of the business I mean people some people are just never satisfied so yeah. um, I've had people where they just constantly are like change this change that you know <laughs> let's try this so I mean hard limits I mean when you hit yeah. and then that first month when they get a bill um, they stop so. <laughs> yep. we, separated, yeah. we separated out our um, service and I don't even call them maintenance agreements anymore um, if, I, if I do a maintenance agreement with someone that means that I'm because they automatically assume I'm gonna maintain their website <laughs> what we have is is what I call I like to call service agreements and I think every okay. single 
business should have a professional handling this aspect of their website, uh, which is security, updates, and um, backups, you know, in the event that something happens to their website. If they get hacked, if they get um, <coughs> something happens and they need to bring their website back online, I call, we call that a service agreement. And that way, you know, that's kind of standard, what most developers call maintenance. That's, that's kind of, um, you know, normal things that a business should do. Now, maintenance, whole different animal. Hourly, very defined, you know, anything that goes out of the scope of this is a maintenance agreement. So we totally changed the name of that from maintenance agreement to service agreement and it is amazing for the almost passive income because we purchased the developers licenses for certain softwares which handle automated backups which which takes care of the city so you've got everything pretty much automated at a premium price and my goal long term was to try to have you know at the 5 year mark have 100 service agreement clients paying X amount of dollars a year so I could start January 1st off with a really nice check in the bank. Um, Shannon's a little bit more, you know, aggressive, um, you know, going after more than 100, which I like that model too, so. Well, that's because I charge $3 to build a website, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean um, to divert us there with the pricing. <laughs> <laughs> my point to it was that you know, there is, um, there is working out rates for a new build, but there's also when clients come and say they want additional stuff added to their site was my point. I'm sorry that I diverted us there. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I think it's, I think you brought up some valuable points because you're right. That does yeah. fall under pricing guidelines. You need to know how do I price this stuff? How do we, you know, all of that stuff kind of falls under that umbrella, um, I would think. Well, something I had wanted to bring up, and y'all, a couple of you, touched on it um but when we were talking about the whole pricing for custom builds um david you mentioned not exactly deposit but sort of deposit um don't when people people start out i think they feel really awkward or just not comfortable with asking for a deposit and you really need to um it's a normal business thing totally normal thing to do in the business world um ask for some sort of deposit don't ever start doing work without some show of faith um and something else that that is important to price in, um, Sarah, you kind of talked about it. Is is like if you need plugins, like if or or if you're using software that you've never used before. Um, I've found that I've I've also had to add padding sometimes if I'm not sure. You know, maybe I'm going to need thirty bucks for something on Code Canyon or something like that. Um, so I, you know, I'll, I'll pad with a couple hundred dollars or whatever, and and just to be, you know, just kind of be conscious of. If you're, you know, don't just spew out a number, do a little bit of research at least. You don't have to know what plugin you're going to use, but get an idea, you know. Um, just put some feelers out there of what, what you might need to put on a site um, so that you're not buying something on your own money, you know, <laughs> to put into yeah. a site. I and always, sometimes I, some of them have, you know, recurring costs too, and that they're not all, you know, put it in one site and that's it. Some of them have yearly, you know, subscription based or something like that, so. Yeah, I have a few things like, okay. like uh, that are, that go into every quote and that's like what you're saying contingencies which for me is like correspondence overhead client research incidentals the things that they're going to pop up that pops up with every client 
three hours for any project. There's always going to be at least three hours worth of communications, emails. I think for the most part, um, the testing, the packaging, the mobile, just these things are like already automatically factored into every estimate. So I, absolutely, you always. I when I first started off, I never really calculated the post. You know the adding the plugins, the cost to that and stuff. So um, put that on them. Don't don't try to eat that cost because then when the plugin goes out of date, then you're gonna have to deal with that client a year later. <laughs> you know? Yeah, most definitely. Like your all your overhead. I mean, if, I know it's really hard when you're starting up front, but if you have a general idea of how much uh, how many websites you build in a year, your overhead for all those plugins and all the all the tools even to do some of these things, uh, you know, is is something that you know for me that I just take by the number of websites that you know I estimate that we're going to do, and every every website has that adder for um, you know, like you said, like the each everything that you do, the correspondence, all your tools, everything. I think a lot of people forget to add those <laughs> costs in to, to uh, especially when you're doing something yeah. that's totally custom. You're buying those plugins or you know, um, you know, outsourcing some of your coding or whatever. Um, so, good stuff. Good point, yeah. you know. This has been good stuff. Uh, we have blown past our normally allotted time for Divi Chat, but it's it's been so awesome. Again, I haven't listen. wanted to say anything. Um, <laughs> some really good takeaways. I know that I have uh, really enjoyed this episode and hearing all of the different takes that that people do and stuff. I hope our audience gets some good takeaways. I do want. I don't want to put you on the spot, Gina, but I do think that I have those original documents from <laughs> a couple of years ago, spreadsheets and stuff. We may be able to help the community out if we can. If we want to, you know, share some of our. Um, our stuff that we, you know, I went I'll, I'll send, I'll send you Leslie a copy of uh, the current uh, estimate spreadsheet that I use, and uh, so that we can put it on there. And I'll use an example of made up client quote, and you know, with some instructions on how to plug in the numbers, and maybe somebody will find it useful. Maybe they won't. Oh man, I found it extremely useful when I was was starting out and stuff when we first met and whatnot so I know it's gonna bring a lot of value and I didn't mean you had to do that I was willing to give them the old one <laughs> a couple of years ago and kind of modify and edit it but it's even yeah, we've more simplified valuable it. now. Awesome. We've simplified it a lot. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Cool. Does anybody have any final parting thoughts before we end 